Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast, and we started recording about five minutes after Gordon Hayward's uh, terrible leg injury that's going to change the complexion of the NBA season. We were planning to talk NBA, but all of our prep work on the East is going to flip around a little bit. Um, you know, he's the big offseason move. It, it was part of, you know, the Celtics cashing in some of their chips, yeah. although not all of them, and it's a it's a rough way for the NBA to start the uh, 2017-18 season. It, it is, it is. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a freak injury, and these things they happen in sports. Um, you know, I mean, they. I can remember several of them. Uh, you know, Willis McGee, um, Paul George, and the you know USA basketball, Marcus Lattimore. I mean, you know, it's it's awful, but it unfortunately is a part of sports, and you know, the season carries on. And, uh, I mean, they did add Kyrie Irving as well. I still think that, you know, it's uh, the, the quick reaction will be, oh, you know, disaster for the Celtics. Uh, you know, I mean, does it hurt him? Uh, absolutely. I mean, he was a big addition, and now he's probably, you know, uh, gone for the entire season, and who knows how long. I mean, you know, these injuries, who knows. Um, but, you know, they'll still be good. That said, I was still on the Cavs bandwagon, um, you know, in the East that they would win the East, and so this just kind of uh, – validates or solidifies that opinion i guess yeah i i agree i i was they are the Cavs are the patriots as long as lebron is there you you just don't bet against them to yeah. win um and then if they do lose then okay you can start reconsidering right right you know i mean it comes down in, in both conferences i think you know i mean we've seen the finals match up three years in a row and that's the he favorite to be the matchup four years in a row you know you get to the point of of uh you know, unlike in football, where you know, one game can knock off a team, and you know, you got to beat a team four out of seven times, and and beating either the Warriors uh, if they're at full strength or close to it, and beating LeBron in the Eastern Conference four out of seven times has been an impossibility the last uh, seven years. Um, you know, his team has been the Finals representative seven years ago, and I'd say they're the favorite to make it eight. That being said, if I am going to go crazy, I'm not going to go crazy in the West. I think that the because the thing with the Warriors is they they have too much talent. You know, even yeah. if Steph goes down or Durant goes down, they still have Draymond. They still have Clay. They you know they can just do it. We saw them do it without Durant three years ago. Right. There's no reason to think right. that they couldn't do it again now. Um, but in the East, is it? Is it time for the Bucks? It, you know, I know that there's a few teams in the East that I think could could rise, and I think they're definitely one. Um, you know, they they made the playoffs last year, and I think they have a kind of a dark horse MVP candidate with the with. I'm going to try to say it, Antetokounmpo. I think right. Yeah, isn't it? Most uh, people here just go close. with Giannis. Um, I know. I, I like to you know. I like to challenge Dale Burley. Um, you know, he's a heck of a player, uh, and and. You know, um, planning to try to go see the Bucks when they're here. I think the night before Thanksgiving, their only visit to Phoenix. So, you know, gives gives you an idea of what he does. That the Bucks are now one of those games to look at on the schedule and think, I, I need to try to go see that team. Um, and yeah, I mean, I think they got a shot to to make some noise. Um, Washington, I would say, probably is the same. They've kind of been on the verge the last couple of years. Um, maybe they can end the Washington D.C. sports drought of not making it to a semi-final round it's been almost 20 years since one of their teams has um uh, you know there's some teams there that can can keep it interesting 
But, you know, and I think it's kind of like the West. There's a lot of interesting subplots, but when you come right down to it, who are you going to pick? It's tough to pick against the, you know, the team that was there last year and the last two years before that. Yeah, I, you know, ultimately that's where I come down. I, I think in the East, though, the difference is in the West, it would take a lot of injuries and a lot of change for me to go against the Warriors. In the East, if something happens to LeBron, something happens to LeBron. That's... No, you're right. You know? You're right, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I mean, obviously that is something we don't even really factor in because it hasn't happened. But it can. You know, just because you haven't been injured before and missed a lot of time doesn't mean, you know, it won't happen. Uh, and, and, yeah, that would obviously change the entire complexion of things if LeBron gets injured. All of a sudden the Cavs become, a you know, a mix of, of pieces, some old, uh, some complementary that would have to be, you know, rushed into roles they're not ready for and, you know, opens the door for anybody. Uh, you're right. I mean, the Warriors, you know, it does feel like feels like Durant is a piece that, that, you know, makes them impossible, uh, you know, and, and if he would get hurt, and he's been hurt a few times in his career, that at least cracks the door open for the rest of the conference. But, um, you know, they'd still obviously be a, a favorite because of what they did without him. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just, it's interesting to think about, yeah. you know, and, and one thing that I do think that this season's going to show you is, I, perhaps not in the regular season, but I think we are going to see a bit of a changing of the guard. I think that the Raptors, maybe they'll still be able to put it together in the regular season, and I think they yeah. will be a top four team. Yeah. But I think that's, you know, the idea that they were going to compete and challenge, I think, is gone. And, and I kind of think so too. Yeah, I'm curious as a known, uh, as a known sports fan of the Spurs. What mm-hmm. do you think that they're running out, or do you think? I mean, they just re-signed Lamarcus Aldridge to a three-year extension. Yeah, which I was a little surprised at. Uh, I mean, given the talk in the off-season was, you know, are they trying to trade him? I mean, that news surprised me. Um, you know, it's not crazy to say this. It's not that much money. When you look at it big picture, you know, three years for $72 million is really not that much, you know, comparatively speaking. Um, you know, no, I don't think they're running out. I, I think I think we might be at the point that the Spurs were, you know, probably in the late, um, you know, late 2000s, early 2010s, where I think they're going to be good in the regular season. I'm not sure if they can, you know, win a championship with this group. Um, you know, they're kind of in between eras. Parker is still there and, you know, not going to be there until January at least. Ginobili's still there, which I, I'm surprised at. I think we talked about that months ago that I expected to be done. Um, you know, but it's Kawhi Leonard's team. Obviously, him being injured to start the year is a big concern. You have to hope that's not long-term, something that's going to, you know, bother him all year and cause him to miss a lot of games. But I think they'll be good. I You know, I expect them to, you know, do what they do, win 50-plus games, get to the playoffs, and, and then, uh, you know, we'll see where they're at when that time comes. Well, and one of the things, assuming they make it to the playoffs with a healthy Kawhi, they, mm-hmm. you know, if you're a Spurs fan, you have to be happy with the first, you know, things you saw against the Warriors in the playoffs last year before Kawhi got hurt. <laughs> yeah. They were up by 25. They beat the Warriors on they opening were. night last year. They, they you know, did. Pop yeah, they felt did. like they... he had it, you know? yeah. I think it is one of those. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say it's a what year. I mean, they were they were eight wins away from winning the NBA title. It's not like when they lost in the finals in Game Seven 
Um, you know, they, they would have had to, you know, even if they hold on to win game one, they would have had to win three more. But it is a year that just, you you, you know, you kind of mentally put an asterisk on it. Uh, you know, like, God, you just, you wish you could have seen it. You wish you could have seen it play out. But that's, again, you know, where we started this conversation. Injuries happen and you just have to go on. And um, they, weren't, they weren't good enough to overcome that injury. Probably wouldn't be again this year. I mean, he's... He's an MVP candidate for a reason. You know, he's really grown into a great player. Um, you know, you miss him on both sides, offense and defense, what he does. Uh, you know, so they, they need him healthy. And, you know, if it comes to bringing him along slow in October and November, I think you do it because you need to try to have him for the long haul come, you know, April and May. Yeah. It's, you know, and it's the one thing I will say about the Aldridge signing for, for the Spurs just to circle back, I heard Zach Lowe talking about this today. It, it shows what that they are not going to waste a moment of Kawhi's prime. They are going to try to surround True. him with the most True. talented people they can find. And yeah, and and it maybe well, it's I mean, also a nod that they probably were not going to be in the mix for the Paul George Lebron. No, three. and they probably weren't. I mean, you know, and 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 you know, for all the criticism that Lamarcus Aldridge took in the postseason, and certainly he didn't play well. You know, it's not like he's been awful. I mean, he's not averaging eight points and four rebounds. You know, he's he's still been pretty good. Maybe he hasn't been as good as they expected. But, you know, you come to ask the question, and I think one of the Spurs writers, you know, I read last year and around the draft when this was more like, where are you going to replicate that production? If you're going to get rid of him, and everybody was hot for that, you know, let's get rid of him. Well, you know, you got to replace that production, and he was – productive you know maybe not at an all-star level like you would have hoped but still pretty good so you know you start you know it kind of becomes like a team who has a a better than average quarterback like you know we might say well you're never going to win a super bowl with that guy maybe not but would you rather take your chances with you know the open market and struggling or would you rather just stick with this guy and try to surround him with better pieces so that maybe you can win with him well, it was one of the points, I mean, this is just me completely ripping off Zach Lowe, but one of the points he made, which I think goes to what you're saying, is, look, the Spurs have done a good job historically under the Popovich era of finding guys who are fringe players who get cut of elsewhere and making something yeah. of them, finding the diamond in the rough. But when you're paying the league minimum to get a $3 million player or you're paying $4 million for a player who should be worth six maybe right. it's worth it to pay 20 million for a guy who's worth 18 uh yeah, and just yeah, get the 18 million I mean, of production you know yeah yeah i mean he's not you know i think what we've seen over the best of his career whether it was at Lund or now in san antonio he's not a number one guy but he's a pretty solid number two or three and and it does come to the question of you know can you can you get a better number two or three you've got your number one He's your guy. Kawhi Leonard is, is the face of this franchise go forward. That's pretty well established. Parker's on the downside. Ginobili is, is you know, maybe at the very end. And so you need, you know, other guys. And, and, you know, sometimes you have to overpay for that. That's just the way it is. You had this guy. You had his rights. Um, I don't think it's a bad – I mean, I was surprised, but I don't – I didn't read it and think, you know, oh, my God, what a stupid idea. No, I mean, you know, it's it's – it's got its merits, and, and you just go forward with this group and hope you can, you know, take advantage of any cracks in the Golden State armor if, if any show up. Yeah. 
And, and really, I think what the point we're both getting at with that is everyone's looking at Golden State and you they're going to have to beat themselves because they're, you know, everyone's maneuvering and somebody, yeah. I can't remember who it was, said, yeah, you could create a super team to compete with them, but you would need multiple teams to agree to all deal yeah. their best players to one team. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it, you know, it, I, I yeah, I think, you know, at, at least this year, you know, I, I continue to believe that eventually egos will, you know, become a factor there and they won't be able to stay in perfect harmony for year after year after year. But at least this year, I think you're looking at really, honestly, you're looking at, you know, can, can they stay healthy or not? And if they do stay healthy, it's almost an impossible task. Um, but, you know, the NBA season is a long one. Um, Kevin Durant's had injury problems. Devery in his younger days had injury problems. And so you just never know. And I'm not a big fan of awarding championships in October. It, you know, certainly the odds are theirs, but, you know, it's a long way till June, and we'll see what things look like when that time rolls around. Yeah. Um, so if you're making a pick, Warriors-Cavs? Me almost have to, uh, you know, in my uh, in my fun, just for fun picks that I always do annually with my dad. I picked Houston and the Cavs just because of my James Harden affinity, and I couldn't bring myself to pick Gold State. But certainly if uh, I had anything on the line, yeah, I'd pick Golden State. I mean, you know, if, if somebody said, you know, put $10 on it, who are you going to pick? I'm, I'm going to pick them. Yeah. I mean, if we're doing for fun picks, I'll, I'll say the Bucks and the Warriors. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I wanted to pick the Spurs, but, uh, you know, I, I'm intrigued by Houston. Houston's another one of those teams that, you know, is interesting. I don't know if they can win a title, but it'll be interesting to see how Paul and Harden mix Oklahoma City, certainly with Westbrook and them adding Paul George and Carmelo. I mean, there's... There's a lot of interesting subplots to this season that feel like they'll be very interesting from October through May. And then when June rolls around, it'll probably be the Cavs and the Warriors part four. Yeah. Um, so to pivot to ASU, you mentioned Harden and your Harden affinity. Carrick Felix did make an yes. NBA roster uh, with the Wizards. So now... Yeah, yeah, good for him. Now we have two, which puts us in a tie with a lot of other Pac-12 teams, not, not the elite ones, but for the, yeah, yeah. You know, there's like a six way tie but, for teams with two. Yeah. But doesn't, doesn't happen like an MVP candidate count for like three. I think it should. I, I mean, I, I don't make the rules, I mean, but that sounds right. <laughs> we got one of the top, I think inarguably top 10 players in the league. And some would argue better than top 10. So I'm, I'm going to, you know, put that, egg in our basket and be just okay with it. I think that's fair. Um, but it's not quite time for our ASU basketball preview. We've already pivoted to ASU, so let's talk about ASU traveling to Utah to Rice-Eccles uh, for a day game, uh, which I'm sure Chris Peterson wishes he was participating in. <laughs> yeah, probably. The The Utes are typical Utah Ute football. They're 4-2. They protect the ball. They pound you defensively. They are just a yeah. a strong team. You know they're yeah they're not they're allowing twenty points even per game on the right. year. And offensively, they're holding teams to only three hundred and fifty yards. That yeah. is not something that ASU is accustomed to. But you know we've talked about how the offense needs to travel. 
and the defense. Right. I, I mean, look, if they if ASU football plays the defense that they brought for Washington, they could they could win every game this year. No, oh, they could. I mean, that it's it's funny you say that because I was uh, you know I was listening to Haller and Metcalf their you know podcast they posted last night. You know, they're kind of talking about, well, you know, do you feel like a bowl is, you know, now a sure thing because of this? And then they both kind of hedged. Yeah, probably should be. But, you know, and I'm thinking, well, is it a sure thing? No, you got to win the games. But if you can beat Washington, there is no excuse for not being able to win three of the last six. And I would really say more than that. I mean, the win over Washington was fantastic, but it comes with a potential downside. And that is you raise expectations. Now people are going to say, well, hey, you know, we, we expect better. If you can beat Washington, why can't you beat Colorado, UCLA, or State, Arizona, uh, you know, maybe USC at home. Uh, maybe I mean, you know, now that's – do I really think we're going 6-0? and Absolutely not. But, you know, that team that I saw Saturday night, can they go 4-2 and or 5-1 and down the stretch? I think so. I don't think that's too much to ask, but you have to bring that same effort and execution to every one of those games. Yeah, and, and really, to do that, I think the, the offense has to be better. The offense had a really strong first drive and a really strong yeah. last drive. And in the middle, yeah. it, it yeah. kind of got away from us. Agreed. It, you know, and, and, and that's uh, they, one of the points those guys made, uh, you know, that in the last two games, basically the third quarter has been a wasteland for us offensively. You know, we came out at Stanford after the half and struggled and let them pull away in a game that was pretty close at that point. Um, and then, you know, same thing in this game. Our defense, you know, held held the fort for us, basically. But, you know, took us a while to really show any life offensively in the second half. And, yeah, I mean, there's, you know, but I also factor in, you know, and Todd Graham said this, and he's prone to hyperbole, that might have been the best defense we're going to face all year. I mean, that was a pretty good defense and that had, you know, been real good all year and, and is still really good. Um, and, and so I – I kind of, you know, put a little bit of a, of a, you know, weight on that if you're grading it, that, you know, saying, well, okay, you know, look, you didn't turn the ball over. You put points on the board when there were opportunities to do so. So, you know, was it an A-plus effort on offense? No, definitely not. But, you know, B, B-minus, yeah, I'd, I'd put in that category, which was good enough on that night. Yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely – it was definitely solid and, and – Protecting the ball, you're right, was important. It was, uh, you know, in all phases. I mean, that's how, you know, that's how you can beat teams that are better is not give them points. You know, I mean, things we talked about. You don't turn the ball over. You don't give up special teams mistakes. You cover kicks. You you know, you cash in on your opportunities. Yeah, I mean, that block punt. The block punt was, yeah. you know, you get some that's break on points. special teams. And, and right. really, and, and we, we played, you know, we talked about this on Sunday, but – we played special teams to a slight net positive, and theirs was atrocious. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was exactly. the difference in yeah. the game. Yeah. I mean, the recipe for that game, and it's hard to say this because, you know, I didn't think it was a recipe we could pull off, but it was much like what the Denver Broncos did in the postseason two years back with Paige Manning, which was get out to an early lead and then play great defense, and the offense just kind of stay out of the way. Don't make mistakes. You know, take some time off the clock. If you can get a field goal, great. Um, but, you know, just don't be a negative. And I didn't think we could win a game that way. I'm not sure we can win other games that way this year, but we won it that way on Saturday night, so I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's one of those things, like you said, expectations are raised. This team 
playing that yeah. way should beat most people. Right. And, and you know, look, I, I know you can't do the transitive property and say, well, beat a top five team and none of the teams in front of you are top five, so you should run the table. That's unrealistic, being honest. I, I mean, possible, I guess, but not likely. But can we, you know, does seven and five now certainly look reasonable? I think so. I, you know, I predicted seven and five at the start of the year. Didn't think we'd get to three and three this way. I had us at four and two. Um, but now looking at it and looking at the quality of the teams in front of us, that's another thing. Like some of those teams that you thought would be early in the year, like, I mean, I picked us to lose at Oregon State. I'm not picking that now because Oregon State looked really bad. Uh, but, you know, that factors in, too, to my predictions. And, you know, Utah and USC, I had those as losses. I'm not sure either one is a sure loss. I think both of those games are gettable if we play the way we played Saturday night. Yeah. And on the flip side, it, it's worth noting that that Arizona game is no longer the, you know, the no, no. dregs and, and, of the conference you know, like it appeared. No, and, and, and rivalry yeah, games right. are always hard, but... You know, they, yeah, they appear to have found something a, with Khalil Tate, and it's worth do, noting. They do, but, but you're right. I mean, I, since 2004, our freshman year, I made the mistake of basically, oh, Arizona stinks, and we're going to go there and handle them, and, and we didn't. And I never make that mistake anymore. I always, you know, I picked us to win, but after the things I've seen last year, another one, um, and both of those were in Tucson, but still, uh, yeah, I those games are never ones that I feel like, oh, yeah, we'll win that game easy. You never know what happens in that game. I mean, we've won a couple that I don't know how we won, and we've lost a couple I don't know how we lost. Yeah. I mean, the, there are some great ones that come to mind, the uh, the two blocked kicks to, yes. to win a game. that's one. Uh, we yeah. had no business winning a game, probably. Um, you know, Brock was pretty bad. Uh, he won the game MVP somehow, some way. Uh, but he was not good. You know, I don't know how we won. 2006 down there when our season had really fallen off the rails, Dirk had been fired. We didn't know it at the time. And, and we go down there and, you know, Ryan Terrain has the game of his life and, and, you know, we handle them and they were pretty good that year. Uh, you know, so yeah, I mean, those games, you just never know. I can think of, uh, you know, results both ways where it's like, boy, one team was better than the other and that team didn't win. Yeah. Well, so for this Utah game this week, we're on the road, and I just don't know that the defense will play yeah. as well. Yeah, I mean, and, that's the, that's the million-dollar question of this week, I think. You know, Haller and Metcalf talked about, is this team developing a you know real home field advantage, feeling like they can overcome anybody at home? And that'd be great because we still have three more home games. Um, but we've got to show we can win on the road, whether it's this week or the two in November. You know, to get to seven and five, we have to win at least one of these games, maybe two, because I don't think we're swinging the last three home games necessarily. So, you know, yeah, it's been a while since we've won a conference road game over two years now. Um, we have to show we can do that. This is as good a week as any to get off the schneid. I'm not going to pick it. I, I'm going to pick Utah to win. I'm going to say 31 20. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, I kind of have a, a feeling of a similar type of game, a little lower scoring because of the way they play defense and, you know, they're not explosive offense. Now, don't know if Tyler Huntley's back. They're very mum about injuries, almost the same way ASU is. You know, you don't you don't know who's going to play until they come out in, in uniform or not. Um, 
But, you know, if he's not, they're not as good offensively without him. But I still think, you know, home field makes the difference. I'm going to – I'll go like 24-21. Close, but not quite. Loyal listeners, I have to tell you something. It is very unlikely that Matt and I will see a second of this game. <laughs> almost almost possible, yeah. Yeah, as we talked about off record last time around, we're headed to SEC country, which means Pac-12 football might as well be on Mars. Yeah, it's it's unclear to me. You know, we're getting we're going to get to Oxford, Mississippi early, but yes. we're, we might be driving during some of the ASU Utah game. Yeah. Um, or we'll be all the way in Oxford. If we're all the way in Oxford, I don't know where we'll find a TV. I, I don't think that it's on. I don't well, think we'll that, find TVs, but I don't think we'll find a TV with that game on. I, that's what I mean. It's I mean it's on Fox Sports <laughs> One. If it was Pac-12 Network, I would tell you no chance, zero. There'd be zero chance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there might be a restaurant or bar in Oxford that has fifty TVs, and therefore there's one in the corner that has Fox Sports One on. We have you in Utah, but I wouldn't bet on it. And it's no guarantee we'll be at that bar, even if it does no, exist. No. Uh, exactly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I would say most of the games there will be uh, Tennessee and Alabama and Tennessee and Alabama. It's SEC country, and they don't care about anything but SEC football. As the commercial says, it just means more. To, to try to blend in, Matt and I are going to dine at local establishments. We are, yes. We are going to, you know, not mention anything about some sort of East Coast or SEC bias. Uh, other nope. than everyone's against the SEC and somehow they're still dominant. Um, That's, right. <laughs> That's right, yes. And uh, because we're going to be in Oxford, we need to not talk about Houston Nut. And that's that's okay. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. there will not be any mention of that unless it comes with an expletive in front. So, um, but with that, we are going to see LSU at Ole Miss, a game that... A couple weeks ago, we thought, wow, we should have waited to buy tickets. We probably could have got them for 10 bucks." Um, yeah, yeah. The low point was uh, two weeks ago Saturday when LSU lost at home to Troy and Ole Miss was uh, beaten, I believe, 6-3 by Alabama. And you and I discussed thinking, "Woo, boy, this is ugly. But things have gotten a little better. LSU is resurgent. Two wins over ranked foes since. And Ole Miss got themselves a nice win going back home against Randy and all of a sudden, the game looks a little bit more interesting than it did two weeks ago. In, in a shocking turn of events, two weeks after losing to Troy, LSU is ranked. That's that's how yeah. impressive the last couple yeah. wins have been. Very. I mean, and, and to be down 20 to nothing in the second quarter last week, and, you know, Auburn hadn't looked great in that game. They got some points on the board with field goals. and But I really watched that game and thinking, how oh, you can't score 20 points. This game is probably over. And they hit a couple big plays. And they get a punt return touchdown, and their defense, you know, just absolutely suffocated Auburn in the second half, and they end up winning. Uh, you know, so I mean, can they can they beat Alabama? I highly doubt it, but they still have a shot in the SEC West, and a lot of teams can't say that. So I'm excited for the cultural experience. Uh, I want to, oh, yeah. you know, for those of you who are listening, you know us, and and you know that we care about college football, but. A trip specifically to Ole Miss has been sort of in the works for 
14 years? Is that fair? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, going back to when we were in college, at least, and, and you know, Kirk Herbstreet, I remember doing, uh, you know, his preview columns. I don't think he even does anymore, at least written for him. Um, and talking about, you know, one of the best game day experiences was Ole Miss and the Grove. And, you know, you and I kind of talked about that for years. And the last few years, it really didn't present itself because of my job being tough to travel during ball season. But that's changed better. And here we go. Off to, to check this one off our list. Uh, you know, the Grove to me is probably going to be the most interesting part. Um, it's considered widely to be the best tailgate by objective observers. Yes. Um, yes. I don't know what the criteria or ranking system is, but I'm excited to walk through it and see. Yep, yep. And, of course, you know, speaking just for myself, being an unapologetic, lifelong fan of the Mannings, seeing where the, you know, the Manning fan born is pretty exciting as well. Yeah, you. I mean, you're getting to see the true... Uh, you're you're gonna be among your people. There, there's gonna be no yes, nothing right. but Manning believers there. Yes, yes. I mean, seeing where Archie and Eli and Cooper uh, applied their wares and graduated is is gonna be kind of fun to see. So we will be doing a lot of Ole Miss LSU breakdown, but there will be some ASU Utah recap next week. Yes, yes. There, might be a lot of adulation of Shea Patterson. I'm just just saying. I'm all in on the Shea Patterson bandwagon, and now I get to see him in Perth. Yeah, I, I'm just – my recap is going to be more like a travelogue of what we saw in Memphis, how the food was at various places. I was, I was most excited to see on Yelp in Memphis that the number one rated breakfast place was a donut shop. So I'm already all <laughs> about that me. for Saturday morning. Uh, and then yes, we'll, indeed. You know – We'll be, but then we'll be in Oxford early. We're gonna see the sights. I'm gonna buy some gear, and I, I don't want to say the game is secondary, but I think that a lot of the experience is just gonna be being there, wandering around. Um, oh, for sure, I, I agree. I mean, I I think LSU is probably significantly better than Ole Miss, but Ole Miss is undefeated at home. They have a great quarterback, so keeps it interesting at least. And uh, we're also, because I know everyone who's listening is curious about our travel plans. This is like the poor man's version of when uh, Zach Lowe starts talking about his vacations to Croatia during the offseason. We're just going to the south, but uh, we are going to take a a slight road trip into the state of Arkansas because I don't honestly know how I would get there otherwise. This is the closest that I'm ever going to be, and I've already made Matt agree that we're going to drive oh, yeah. the, like 15 minutes across the river into the state of Arkansas so that we can say we were there and then immediately come back you, and head, uh, head out. You, did, you didn't have to work hard on making me agree to that. Uh, that. That is right up my alley to try to you know check something off the list. So we'll give you a report. We'll let you know what it looks like in Memphis, West Memphis, Arkansas. And, uh, you know, obviously everything Oxford has to offer. Matt, do you have a prediction for the game? That we're attending. I think there'll be a fair amount of scoring because of Ole Miss's defense. Um, and Shea Patterson will throw it around. I would go um, I'll go LSU probably 38 to 28. I'm going to go a little lower. I'm going to go LSU 31 to 27. I think it's going to be a tight game, but I think it's going to be more LSU gets up and then plays keep away the rest of the game. 
Possibly, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, Ole Miss's defense is bad. And so I think the one thing you can guarantee is there will be points. They don't have very good defense, but they got a great quarterback with four thoroughbreds at wide receiver, a good left tackle. They got some offensive talent. Not much on defense, but they'll put some points on the board. So Matt and I will next record from somewhere south of my location and significantly east of Matt's. Uh, That's right. And we will uh, we'll give that to you over the weekend, and then we'll be back to our normal routine probably starting on Monday of next week. But until then, he's Matt, I'm Ben, it's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.